Welcome to the Real Live Faith Podcast. I'm Shelby. And I'm Janice. Life is a parable. All of creation points to God the Creator. We're going to be talking about how we see this in action in our everyday lives and how we use our good days and our mess-ups to grow in our relationship with the Lord. We don't know in what season of life you find yourself currently, but let this be a season of new life and growth. Join us as we talk about having real faith in real life. Who do you consider wise? Sometimes it's hard to discern if a person is truly wise or if they are just really good at playing the part. I think it's too easy to assume people are wise because they do a good job deceiving and convincing us otherwise. And some people are really good actors. They can act wise and look wise by talking a good talk, but sooner or later, we may find ourselves disappointed in their actions because we failed to use discernment. It's our nature to put trust in something or someone, even if it is ourself, but we need to consciously put our trust into the Lord. Just as Solomon says in Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. You know, as I'm thinking about wisdom, what comes to my mind is the question that James asks in James 3.13, he says, Who among you is wise and understanding? James tells us how to judge if a person really is wise and understanding. Going back to James 3.13, the rest of that verse says, Let him show by his good behavior his deeds in the gentleness of wisdom. If we truly are wise, then the fruit of that wisdom will be seen and heard in our lives and in the words we speak and the way we behave. The choices we make in our lives indicate our wisdom, or lack thereof. So look at the behavior of those you admire and who you deem as wise. What does their conduct say about them? Have their choices in life shown their lack of wisdom? 2 Corinthians 2.15 tells us, For we are the sweet fragrance of Christ unto God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. We should want others to know that we are following Jesus Christ. Can others tell by your social media feed? Can they tell by what you say? In Paul's mind, the fragrance he speaks of is the knowledge of God. It's the fragrance of a life hidden with Christ in God and deriving its aroma from fellowship with him. The fellowship of the gospel is a message of life to some and a message of condemnation to those who reject it. Paul was not like others who watered down the gospel for gain. We should boldly share the gospel and the good news of salvation in Christ, but do so by speaking the truth in love. Many times people talk about their wisdom, but like James says in the verses that we've been reading, actions speak louder than words. People often try to talk up their wisdom by sounding big and smart with their words, and sometimes it really is deceiving. You know, they say just the right things to make us think they know more about something than we do. And this can especially be true when the topic is a subject we know nothing about. We assume automatically they are experienced, and so we begin to trust their expertise. And that trust may build over time until we find ourselves entrusting more to that person. Not only do we trust their wisdom, but next we may trust them with financial decisions or our possessions or even help with our future plans. We need to be careful not to allow man's word to trump God's wisdom. We shouldn't be too quick to buy into everything because someone else told it to us. Do your research and pray about it. Go to God first and ask Him for guidance and counsel, rather than rushing into a decision on impulse. Oftentimes our emotions are what push us to act rashly. 
After we seek God, we need to get godly counsel from other brothers and sisters in Christ who are walking in wisdom. When those believers give you the right counsel, take their insight to the Lord and ask for discernment. Don't be too quick to dismiss the counsel you don't agree with. Counsel isn't wrong just because it doesn't align with your agenda. You could be receiving right counsel but fail to have ears to hear. That's really good advice. And you know, for us who truly seek God's will, the key is to become more and more like Christ. So if we are ignorant of God's word, we're probably always going to be ignorant of God's will. When we are at a point of decision about choices in life and it's not contrary to God's word, we need to start moving in that direction. Ask him to close doors and ask him to open others. What grieves the heart of God is when we deliberately make a choice that's in conflict with his truth. And remember, God will never, never lead us to do something that is contrary to his written word. The name most commonly associated with wisdom in the Bible is Solomon. 1 Kings 3.5 tells us the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream and asked him, What do you want? Ask and I will give it to you. Solomon responds back in 1 Kings 3.9, Give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? Solomon asked for wisdom and the Lord gave it to him. So the question that comes to my mind is, what does God want for us? That's the question we should be asking, not what do I want for myself? We should desire God's will and his plans and purposes for our life more than our own. His are perfect and he has already gone before us. He knows, we don't. So we should trust him with our future. We need to trust him with our plans and our dreams because as the Bible says, he knows the desires of our heart. So we need to pray and ask God to show us what he has for us to do. And we also need to ask him to take away those things where we don't belong and where we have no business going. Even though we're not Solomon, heavenly wisdom is still available to us today. And where should we go to find it? Well, the Bible. It's God's word. It's not that some people have access to wisdom while others are cut off. James 1.5 clearly tells us, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. That's a great verse. Another one that comes to mind is Luke eleven thirteen, which says, How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? How much more will God answer us, right? Though sometimes it doesn't seem so. But we never need to doubt God's desire to pour out his Spirit. I think the problem is in our receiving, not in God's desire to give. We just need to say, Lord, help me to stir up your spirit inside me. Help me not to quench the flame of the Holy Spirit or to suppress it by growing complacent in my walk. We need to pray and ask God to help us to stay prayed up and read up in his word and to increase our hunger for his word and increase our desire to know more about him. That's the prayer that I have, that God will make me on fire for him as I see him working in the people around me. If we want wisdom, we can ask for it, just like Solomon did. Do you want to gain wisdom? And are you humble enough to ask God for it and seek his wisdom in his word? Not only should we ask for it, but when we receive it, we need to put it to work. Oh man, that's going to step on some toes. But that's such good advice, and I can think of putting that into practice in our own family. There are so many moments that come to mind, uh, like when we took our kids out of public school and began homeschooling them, or when we left our old church and joined our new one, 
or when we started attending an outreach ministry for the first time. All of these things took wisdom. It took us getting into the word, praying, fasting, asking God to give us direction in our life. Uh, Even something simple like going on a mission trip with a church or something big like what we've done, which is starting an online business. And also God's will is so big. And when we get in his word and we're praying, he really reveals it to us and shows us and gets us out of our comfort zone. And sometimes he asks us to do things that maybe we're not real comfortable with, like speaking at a women's conference. But each time that we have been presented with the opportunity to go and serve and do We were scared and tempted to fear, but I'm so glad that our family stepped out in obedience every single time because we have received a bounty of blessings. Even personally, I prayed about giving up a position with a nonprofit group because I wanted to make more time for family and church, and it was a relief to not have that burden over me. There is great freedom to be found when we're willing to cast off or set aside those things that consume our time. You know, and it's important to remember that some things may only be for a season. And so we need to listen to God's Holy Spirit as he gives us wisdom, discernment, and guidance with the things that we need to let go. What's super cool is that God thinks about us. In Psalm 40, verse 5, David pondered the thoughts of God on his people. He said, Your thoughts toward us cannot be recounted to you in order. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than could be numbered. Even Charles Spurgeon said, his thoughts are all drifting your way. God also listens when we pray. Our prayers and God's answers are part of our future and hope. God also doesn't hide from his people when they seek him. We don't suffer under the dark sense that God can't be found. That's really good. And I was thinking about that account that's recorded in 1 Kings chapter 3. It's a long one. I think it's verses 16 down to 28, where Solomon is judging between the two moms. And Solomon had to decide which mother was telling the truth and which one was lying. And his right judgment shows us that one part of wisdom is made up of knowledge and discernment, and the other part is action. Action is applying that discernment. So wisdom is not just knowing something. Wisdom is being able to put that knowledge to work and do something about it. Yeah, that's good. And and I think at least for me, instead of having something to do, I would actually eliminate things. The reason is because I want to be available and present in what God has called me to do. And I can't do that if I fill in the margins of my calendar with busy work. I want to let God set my priorities and order my tasks each week. I love that. That is so good. And you know, maybe you're listening and your struggle is not with asking for wisdom. Maybe your struggle is in receiving the right kind of wisdom. And James 3, verses 15 through 18, actually gives us two different types of wisdom, earthly and heavenly. He says earthly wisdom comes from beneath, and it consists of jealousy and selfish ambition. And the result, the fruit of that human earthly wisdom, is confusion and every evil thing. Whereas heavenly wisdom, he says, is the wisdom from above. The character of that wisdom is wonderful. It's full of love and a giving heart. It's consistent with the holiness of God. It's described as pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial, and sincere. This wisdom carefully weighs the truth and can be seen by the fruit it produces. It doesn't just think and talk about things the right way. It produces fruit. 
and there's no hidden agenda or selfish motive with heavenly wisdom, because it comes from God. That's right, it does produce fruit, and we can't bear fruit alone. Without Christ, we can do nothing. We can't be fruitful when we're living outside of God's will. We need to focus on remaining near to Christ, abiding in Him. And as we abide in Him, staying close by His side, we will bear fruit. And as we bear fruit, we inherently have the potential to plant seeds, just as plants in the natural world work to reproduce themselves and make more. We have the potential to plant seeds of the gospel in every encounter we have. But again, this happens as we remain in Christ. He is the one who gives eternal value to the things that we do. He's the one who grows the fruit. Without him, our works cannot accomplish what his strength and power are capable to do. I think what's important is that we take every bit of counsel that we receive from others and compare it to God's word. Look at what comes out of someone. Look at the fruit of their life. Because remember, the way of heavenly wisdom bears good fruits. These fruits are from the transformation that comes from the presence and work of the Holy Spirit in a person's life. Perseverance is hard to do if you don't have a relationship with Christ. For those who are lost and without hope, they don't know how to lean on and trust in God for their strength. Instead, they try to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps. We aren't capable on our own of doing anything. The Bible says it is impossible with man, but with God, all things are possible. We need to have a strong foundation in the Lord and his word and cry out to him for his strength to carry us and for his wisdom to guide us and his protection and provision to take care of us. We are weak, and he knows it. That's why he wants us to call on him. He is our only source, and I'm so thankful for the Lord. I am too. I'm thankful for him. And you know, it's important to remember God is not a God of confusion. We need to be patient and wait for him to guide us. He already knows the future, and he knows what we need. So we need to trust him when he speaks to our heart, and we need to obey his word. And if he feels silent or your prayers seem to go unanswered, continue to seek him and his wisdom because he is sovereign and his timing is always perfect. Maybe you're going through a situation where you need wisdom and maybe something has occurred in your life or you've experienced something that has shaken you to your core and you've cried out to the Lord each day. You know, it's easy to read the word, but it's another thing to trust and lean on your faith. And your faith may have been tested. Maybe you're being tested right now. But I hope that you continue to pray and lean on the Lord for wisdom, discernment, peace, and comfort. And you know, through all of life's uncertainties, I have found the greatest peace and wisdom in the pages of God's Word. Over and over, I read and moved in the Spirit to pray His Word back over myself and my family. God's Word gives us comfort and peace. It gives us wisdom, discernment, and guidance. So our hearts are calmed by the truth that we receive. When we read, we're given direction so that we can tame our anxious thoughts and take them captive to the Lord. As we lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all our hearts and minds, we will learn not to rely on our own insight or understanding. With anything life throws at us, we need to know, recognize, and acknowledge Him. He will direct and make straight and plain our paths. So this week we challenge you guys to ask God for wisdom. And then practice going to the right places to find it. Go to his word, because that's really the only place that you're going to find true wisdom. And when you seek wisdom from the Lord, he will be faithful to provide it. If you have not placed your faith in Christ, why wait? Seek him and call on his name for salvation. Confess that you are a sinner and repent of your sin. Surrender to Jesus today and place your trust in him as Savior and Lord of your life. 
Thanks for listening to the Real Life Faith Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share us with others so they too can learn about living out real faith in real life. You can check out our blog and shop at reallifefaith.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Gab Social. Don't forget to sign up for our emails to receive exclusive subscriber content. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.